Hello everyone, this is Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, welcoming you to a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds episode. a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds, you might ask? Well, some of your favorite Long Box Crusade members have done some work over on some other podcast networks that you may or may not be familiar with. So from time to time, we will grab a show from the past that one or all of us has done on one of those other networks, and we'll play it for you here. Whether it's a James Bond rookie agent show from On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast Network, or a Comics with Normies from White Rocket Entertainment Network, or some other bit of alternate dimension craziness, we hope that you enjoy this presentation of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. Hi, this is Jason Masters, artist on Varga and Idol on 007 Comics, and you're listening to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Welcome back to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I'm your host for this program, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, also known as Death Probe. And joining me as veteran Bondophile co-host is my brother from my actual mother, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Welcome back to the show, Agent Jason. What's the most Bond-like thing you've done since last recording? I would have to say it's paint this GD house, man. It's not really bond karate kid thing. Yeah, it's more of a feat of strength. Yeah, that's basically the only thing I've been doing. And I need someone about the size of Jaws to reach that peak on my roof. This is frustrating. I ain't going to get it. No, I need to get some device from Q Branch or something. But seriously, that's about all I've been doing is working and painting this house the last about a month. So what have you been doing that's bonding in the nature there, brother mine? I committed to the Insanity Workout Program, 60-day hardcore DVD based workout program. I'm on day 44 right now. I'm starting to get ripped like Daniel Craig, man. (laughs) I got a Daniel Craig body. All right. You know what the test is going to be, though, right? What's that? Punching in the stomach with brass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I walked right into it. Well done, rookie agent William. (laughs) He seems fit enough. Not once, but maybe a couple times. (laughs) What also I think helps with the fitness is I've been smoking a lot of cigarettes and drinking a lot of vodka martinis. That should help. This episode is the ninth of an ongoing series on this channel called MI6 Rookie Agents. On Rookie Agents, Jason and I are taking two friends in our lives who are not very familiar with the 007 universe through the entire James Bond series of films one at a time to get a newcomer's point of view of the film series that we love so much here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. So let's welcome our rookie agents to the show. Welcome back, Agent Delvin, the Dark Web, Silverhands, Felix Leiter, Williams. It is fantastic to be back. 
you have any questions for me? What is the most 007 thing you've done since last recording? Literally yesterday, I had probably the most 007 thing happen to me in some time. So we are warming up for jujitsu for the advanced class. And so they've recently started doing this thing where they put a guy in the middle and you know, whoever's in the class, they surround and then somebody call a number out and then that person goes and you have to defend whatever self-defense attack that they go with. I'm an advanced white belt. That's not a color belt, so that's not a part of the advanced class. So much to my surprise, I was asked to come into the middle yesterday. And so I had like, I can't tell you how many attacks came at me that I had to come up with the defense for and put the guy or girl down. But all I know is at the end, <laughs> it took me probably about 10 minutes to catch my breath afterwards. And it was tiring as heck, but all exhilarating and very 007. I'm picturing him like from You Only Live Twice, that scene where they're running across the On the roof. rooftop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like throwing at people and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking more like this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Could be. Yeah. Except I will give myself a little bit more coordination and <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> Did you escape by boat? <laughs> So before we go to work agent, Pat, I do have a Felix Slider update. Oh, oh, good, good. I'm not really super excited to give this one. I had contractual issues. I'm not really going to be in this one. They got some new young guy like Donald Glover or some crap. I don't know. And it's called On the President's Central Intelligence. You know, <laughs> Like he marries a Kardashian in it or what? I, I don't know. I'm not in it. It's stupid. I don't care. I hate those knockoff films. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, they could have just given me the money that I earned. You know, I, silver hands. Come on. Silver freaking hands. <laughs> Is Guy Hamilton still alive? Is he ready to direct again? <laughs> <laughs> we just need to go right to Guy on this one, I think. I do. We took it straight to Raymond Benson, and he said, and I quote, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's still time. Silverhands can be the Bond 25th. Yeah. Patrick, DJ, Cristado, <laughs> Samson. Agent Samson, what have you been up to that's very 0070? Since we have last recorded, I think the Bondiest thing I've done is, I've done kind of two things, I'm going to say. One was drive back with you from our live recording mm-hmm. session. Yes. Uh, we ran into some traffic and all that. That was, and you slept with those two gypsy girls at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, was that, that I would have led right? with that one. I think. <laughs> mm. Well, you know how it works out. It works out. Yeah. So I got there. Everything is safe. So I was scared for my life a little bit, but I think we made it. The other thing I've been doing just been doing a lot of editing. So working at the computers, you know, get like my intelligence skills here and working those reels. I break it all down and I put it on like the old real tapes like that and I, you know, I yeah i kick it old school and i flip the switch here flip a switch there i talk into the microphone and i do all kinds of stuff like that so nice well you've been doing some fine work and i enjoyed riding back with you we did it very much in the style of 007 and sheriff jw pepper in the movie we're about to discuss if i remember mm-hmm. correct oh yeah yep <laughs> I, my head was out the window a couple times and <laughs> yep, we, we both called each other boy a lot Get the hell out the road, boy! (laughs) Well, with that, let me just let you know that we're planning on releasing the show monthly as a companion to the show that Van Allen Plexico and Alan Porter are doing. They're currently doing one 007 film per month as we build towards a release date of Bond 25 next year in 2019. And this show will do the same. We're just getting that fresh look at the 007 series through the eyes of our newcomers. So if you want a more in-depth and academic look into the film series, complete with a host that has an actual British accent, definitely stay tuned to and subscribe to 
too on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. You'll get the Van and Allen show. You'll get me, Van, and John Ringer doing the World Cup of Bond. All kinds of fun Bonnie and things. We've got some interviews with Bond creators. Lots of cool stuff. So basically, On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast is your channel for 360 Degrees of Bond. Let's get into today's film, The Man with the Golden Gun. You know, Jared, let me interrupt you for just a second because a thought just occurred to me. So basically, with Van and Alan, and Alan in particularly has probably forgotten more about James Bond lore and history than I'll ever know. So basically what happens is they put the show together like a Ken Adams set, right? A masterpiece (laughs) show. See where this is going already. (laughs) And then we come in like the third act (laughs) and just blow the (laughs) out of that In the most spectacular way possible. That's right. I mean, we do this every month, so I'm really proud of this. They are the art design department, and we are special effects. (laughs) So along those lines, let's set these charges and blow this up. Roll film. But before we get our mission brief from Agent Jason, he's going to jump right into the action with no parachute in a segment that we call What Makes You Say That? I'm now aiming precisely at your groin, so speak or forever hold your peace. In What Makes You Say That, Jason plays a little game. If you've ever listened to James Bond Radio, and if you don't, you should, mm-hmm. they play a game called What's the Next Line? And their version of Jared gives their version of Jason a James Bond line, and their version of Jason tells them the line that comes after it. So, if I said, you expect me to talk, he would say, No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. We do it in reverse. I give Jason a line, and then he gives me the line that came before it. So he's got to walk the script back in his head to figure out what made the character say that. If it doesn't make sense, it might in a moment. Okay, Jason, are you ready? I got to tell you, Jared, I'm a little bit nervous on this one. Man with the Golden Gun is one of those films that I haven't watched quite as many times as the others. So I feel like I'm on a little bit of shaky ground, but I'll give it the old college try. I'll tell you what I'll do. What I always do for you, I'll stop. Start you off easy. Lay it on me. Not from where I'm standing. I've lost my charm. Bingo, bango, bongo. He's got one right out of the box. All right, Jason, let's crank it up. All right. Dramatically, wouldn't you say? I'll try it again. Maybe in a better voice. Dramatic, wouldn't you say? I know the scene. Bond's leaving the office after basically M tells him that he's got a couple choices. He can either resign or he could basically go into hiding or on furlough or however he put it. Oh, and, yes. And he, Bond stops and turns around and he says, and if I found him first, that might change the situation. Got it. <laughs> Almost perfect. The only word you missed was, sir. If I found him first, sir. That might change the situation. Give it to All right. Okay. Home runs. He was face. snowballing us. He was snowballing us. <laughs> oh, man. What, what, what snowballing you mean? I don't. Oh, you were like, oh, I don't know. I haven't watched this movie enough. I might need help from the agents. <laughs> I, you know, the, I, I was really worried about this one. I'll give you my other one that I have. Okay. Anything you have to say, you can say at the station. I think I know it. It's Lieutenant Hip. Yes. It's after the professor shot. Correct. And Bond says something to the effect of, if you take the time to examine the gun, you'll notice it hasn't been fired. Yes! <laughs> Very good. good. Job. Nice, man. Agent Jason, please give us your quick mission briefing on the man with the golden gun.
What do you know about a man called Scaramanga? The man with the golden gun. He always uses a golden bullet. This trinket was sent with a note requesting special delivery to you. I have never seen Mr. Scaramanga. Mr. Bond, this is impossible. I can't... I can't tell you. Don't kill me. Who? Scaramanga. Roger Moore, back in action in the exotic east as James Bond, 007, on a collision course with the most dangerous man alive. The man with the golden gun. James Bond, on the job. The girls are willing. I've dreamed about you setting me free. The pace is killing. a new high for 007. Bonjour, Monsieur Bond. I am Nick Nat. Monsieur Scaramanga will welcome you personally. The target is the highest priced killer in the world. He plays a deadly game and the stakes are sky high. So when international assassin Francisco Scaramanga sends a golden bullet with 007's number on it, M relieves Bond of his current assignment and essentially gives him three options. He can either resign from the service, take a sabbatical and go into hiding, or hunt the fiend down and kill him first. Bond decides to take option three and the hunt is on. 007 follows the clues to Beirut, Hong Kong, Bangkok, and Macau. Bond is surprised, however, to discover that he is not Scaramanga's target when the international 
international hitman assassinates a leading scientist in solar energy and absconds with a piece of technology that can help solve the world energy crisis. M puts 007 back on the case and teams him up with sexy agent Mary Goodnight and faithful Hong Kong agent Lieutenant Hip to find and retrieve the technology from Scaramanga. Bond runs a gauntlet of treacherous women, an army of karate assassins, a diminutive and deadly goon, a certain racist cop from the Louisiana Bayou, and ultimately Scaramanga himself. From death-defying jumps over Thailand's canals to a duel to the death with an international assassin in his deadly funhouse, the man with the gold gun scored another hit for the 007 team. The man with the golden gun marked the departure of co-producer Harry Saltzman, and the Bond franchise found itself once again on shaky ground. Although international audiences continued to support the franchise, American audiences were declining. Not everyone had bought into Roger Moore's take on 007. The cast included Roger Moore, starring as James Bond, Britt Eklund played Mary Goodnight, Christopher Lee played Francisco Scaramanga, Maude Adams was Andrea Anders, Herr Velichez, I hope I got that right, was Knickknack, Clifton James returns as Sheriff J.W. Pepper, you got Soon Tech O, who played Lieutenant Hip, and of course, the big three, Bernard Lee as M, Lois Maxwell as Ms. Moneypenny, and Desmond Llewellyn as Q. Back to you, Jared. Thank you for that, Agent Jason. Now let's find out what our rookie agents thought about this one in our segment called Declassified. Do you expect me to talk? All right, and Declassified, our rookie agents give us the highs and the lows that they felt about the man with the golden gun. Let's kick this one off with Patrick, Agent Samson. What uh, you got on the man with the golden gun? I'm not going to have a lot here to say, and let me explain that. Normally, it gets close to the time for us recording, so I'll kind of figure out, okay, it's a two-hour movie. I can watch a little bit, you know, first hour one night, and then I can watch another hour the other night before recording. That didn't happen. Last night, I sat down to watch it, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to to get half of it in or maybe a little bit more. What happened is I got really drawn into this movie. So I was like taking notes a little bit and I don't have a lot of notes on my sheet because I watched the whole movie all the way through from start to finish. Does this mean you won't do well when it comes to trivia? Yeah, well. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see on on that. I really enjoyed this movie. Just a few of my takeaways here then. Tattoo. Am I the only one? I don't know the guy's real name. I just know his tattoo. I couldn't even pronounce it. Herb? Herb? I think it's Herb. Herb? I thought it was Herb. Herve. 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 With tattoo. It's tattoo. Is he French, though? Or is that a... We. Yeah, yeah. I think he was French. Because he had a lot of talking in this a lot more than, you know, on Fantasy Island, I think. At least that I remember. And I was like, oh, man, he's a good guy. I like this guy. Yeah. Nick Tabasco. Screw you, Mrs. Scaramanga. That was more Cartman. Than- <laughs> uh, yes, <yeah>, true. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. With that, I did enjoy the opening scene with the fight, or I want to say the fight, but the, I don't know, it's like a haunted house or something. <laughs> that got kind of freaky in there. And is that guy the hired gunman that they brought? Was he from the last episode? When he, I saw like, him, I was like, he looks like the dude from Diamonds Are Forever. That's yeah. what I thought, too. Yeah. Like, I, I did I'm not do you. the work to verify that. When they come into the room and kind of... Yeah. I, I didn't thought. know there was a pool down there, guy. Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, that guy looks familiar. Let's talk about the opening song. 
song. So I don't think I remember ever hearing this song. And who was it by again? Lulu. Okay. Never heard of Lulu at all either. She had a hit in the 70s called To Sir With Love. Name sounds familiar. I thought it was all right. If I'm going to rate it out of the seven like we do, I'd give it a four. I didn't think it was too bad. What about you, Jared? I actually like this song better than most. A lot of Bond fans rank this near the bottom of their song list. I like it. I think it's got a lot of energy and it sounds Bondian to me. So I'm going five. Jason? I agree with Jared. For whatever reason, this one's an earworm to me. After I watch the movie, I find myself humming the tune a lot. It sticks with you. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I like it. I'm with Jared. I'd give it a five. Delvin? I don't think it was bad, but I think there's a reason that it's not a memorable Bond song. Because I was kind of wondering, even going into the movie, like I I don't think I've ever even heard of a theme song from this movie. And I heard it and saw the artist was Lulu. I'm like, who the heck is that? I give it about a three. Now, Jared, did you listen to the James Bond radio guys when they played the Alice Cooper version of Man with the Golden Gun? Yes, Alice Cooper turned in a demo tape for the the theme song for this. And it's interesting sounding song. I'm glad they went where they went, but it was definitely worth a listen. Hmm. I didn't hate it, but uh, yeah, I definitely preferred Lulu's version. They're very different. Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing that. If you find it out on the webs, go ahead and insert it here. Very interesting. Very interesting song from the Cooper. School's out. <laughs> I liked at the end of the movie, too, when they play the good night, good night, my dear. That I dug that. Kind of interesting as well, too. Just a little more flair to the yeah. opening song to kind of bookend it. Well mm-hmm. I felt like the opening song, they were singing about Scaramanga. And then by the end, after Bond puts him in the ground, it's back to James Bond. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen it before. James Bond wins this. <laughs> oh really oh man <laughs> you didn't actually watch this did you <laughs> no i didn't i fell asleep all that big story i just said before <laughs> i fell asleep i didn't watch it i'm just going off of the clip notes <laughs> from the insert of the dvd <laughs> He caught me. But anyway, I like it when Bond's in the Q lab area there and Q and the other guy are kind of talking. They're kind of bantering back and forth. I've started to notice like the background people, the other, they're just the crazy stuff that they're doing in the background. Yeah, it's going to happen a lot more in in these 80s Bonds. I'm like, oh, 
like that. Enjoy. I haven't always liked all of Q's gadgets, but I always like seeing Q. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely love seeing him. And that brings me to my next note here is that there's no spy gadgets in this one. Mm-mm. It's more nope. sneaky Bond. Yep. Somewhat sneaky. I don't even know if he's that's even super sneaky in this one. There's some sneaky in it. Otherwise, it's just drive, run, kick, punch. Speaking of driving and running, I'm going to jump around here. But the car chase, that's pretty cool. I think that was one of the better car chases going on there. I thought that was pretty fun. And then, you know, you put JW in there. And oh, at first, I'm like, oh, no, it's JW again. But I think he played the part. Just kind of interesting. There's nobody that's really on middle ground with JW. <laughs> People like him or they hate him. It's, mm. it's kind of funny. Is this the end? Do we see more of him? I can tell you. <laughs> What's the answer, Agent Williams? You, you're not going to see any more of him. I enjoyed what I had time I had with JW. <laughs> 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 Both the boat and the car chases weren't super long, so that made it fun and interesting. Who pays for Bond, his traveling and all that, if he's told not to do something? What account is all that flying around and all that coming out of? Her Majesty's government, man. Mm-hmm. But they tell him not to do anything, but he still does it behind their back. It was like a wink, wink. Don't do that. <laughs> yes. Okay. See, him like, he's not going to say, go kill this so we can get back to business. But he's going to say, yeah, it would change things if this guy, you know, something happened to him and we didn't have to worry about him anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he just probably forgot to switch off 007's credit card accounts. And to be clear, when I said forgot, I used air quotes. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the ship where M's hideout is. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I found myself kind of rewinding it here and there just to go look at the set again because it was tilted and then to see how they kind of straighten it out and made pass like that. I remember uh, as a kid really liking that set too. It was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it didn't dawn on me until they went back to it again. I was like, first seeing that ship come into view, I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool looking. And I'm just like, oh, okay, it's just a ship. They're going to go around it, you know. And then they come back to it again and then go inside. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Another thing is, you know, they could have killed him, but they didn't. <laughs> Not uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> this is my home. Take Mr. Bond to school. <laughs> or... Or stab this <laughs> in the throat right here. <laughs> <laughs> this body at the school. <laughs> Other than that, Scaramanga, I liked him. I thought he was a pretty decent villain. I like how he is always constantly trying to learn and to be the better gunman, hiring people in so he can either get killed or try to up his game on that. Very interesting fella. Liked his hideout. Pretty cool place, too. I really enjoyed this movie, so I don't really have a lot more on my notes here. Just go to smoke count. Smoke if you got him. Like we said before, Bond is now smoking cigars. So that's kind of a different take on that. Um, smoke in this one. Just one? I remember no, four the- times. I can four? my smoke cone. Yeah, it was four. Four times. Wow, I, I remember the one in front of the Bottoms Up Club. Yep. Uh, or I guess maybe he was smoking one when he was in the belly dancer. Correct. Yep. Then there was a... When they were up against the wall. Yep. Spying mm-hmm. on high fat tops. That's cool. right. Yeah, he was puffing on a cigar while Lieutenant Hip was on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So or was, was Lieutenant shoulders on his hip? Hip. <laughs> <laughs> it's only in the hips. <laughs> Then I'm just going to finish off with the double O player. Play, 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 play. 
I got a count of three. Are you counting well, Money Penny again? Or? No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm just no. trying to. Three he tried, two he makes. Oh, okay. I, I know the third one that you tried. So that's about all I got. It's Delvin's turn to give us his highs and lows on the man with the golden gun. Delvin, lay it on us, man. Okay, so, you know, movie starts off with Hervé Villages and walking with champagne. Champagne! Champagne, boss! <laughs> <laughs> you, you waited... How many days do you use that joke? <laughs> well, I just watched the movie yesterday, so but that, okay. was the first, that was the first thing I wrote. That was the, first, the very first thing. <laughs> I enjoyed the opening scene. I definitely established Scaramanga as a formidable foe for Bond. We talked about the song already because I was like, who the heck is Lulu? Kind of surprised they went low rent at that point. They went with a one-hit wonder for Bond? Okay, all right. The first interaction between him and Bond, I, I enjoyed that first interaction even more. And, and actually, any interaction, they had where you can just tell that M is such a skilled person at what he does and then he knows James Bond so well that it's like nah, I'm not going to even tell him what to do and what not to do. I'm just going to give him the gist. He's smart. He'll get it. And just that interaction, they handle those very well and they have from the start and it's something that I have enjoyed every single time I've watched Bond so far. The first fight scene was a little clumsy but it was continuous. It wasn't using that weirdo action and I think you already said we were done with that, right? We're, that's not coming back? No more speed-up action. Good. They don't need speed-up action, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Roger Moore's fighting. <laughs> It's not going to get any better. (laughs) (laughs) Just learn to live with it. Uh, I guess so. Maybe he needs to do a little more sneaky bond. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I mentioned that later, but yeah, there was a lot of sneaky bond in the movie. And I'm like, ooh, I like it because the premise of the movie at the start, it was kind of like a deadly version of where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. (laughs) They, They had never seen Scaramanga before, didn't know where he was, and Bond had to be sneaky. Nikki Bond to go and track him down. And that whole thing was cool, which led me to write, you know, this is already a tighter movie than Live and Let Die because there's lots of sneaky Bond. So I was definitely on board. I was also on board with Scaramanga playing for keeps. He was not trying to shoot at Bond at the time. It looked like he was hidden sniper style where Bond was walking towards the Bottoms Up Club and it looked like he was just gunning for Bond and just missed. And I was like, wow, you know, there was an any, you know, this crazy exposition or let me tell you my origin story. Like, no, dead or tried to. And that was refreshing. That was cool. Like, hey, that's what a real bad guy would do. It's like, no, I don't have to reveal myself. I'll just kill you and go ahead about my life. But that wasn't what Scaramanga was after. He was after the guy and set, you know, all those dominoes in motion. The fight scene that he was fighting the sumo guys and (laughs) saw that Bond got done in by Tattoo. (laughs) Tattoo was about to murk James Bond. He was going to kill him. Like, I mean, it's come closer than most. (laughs) Like Bond was Bond was done. They're like, no, you know, take him to the school for what was probably the clumsiest martial arts. It doesn't get any better. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously, they could have had the dude from the YouTube video saying Judy Chop. And (laughs) it it, it would have been better. Could you imagine? (laughs) Like. Dude, my entire life, all I eat every day is rice, and I train, and I lost to this complete buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> 
And this dude drinks and smokes and sleeps <laughs> with women. And he just kicked you. <sighs> I do have a question. Lieutenant Hip and his nieces, why did they drive off without him? Yeah. <laughs> they were in a hurry to get away. They didn't realize that he wasn't in the car. <laughs> he looked, but he looked in the rear room mirror. Yeah. It was like, you kind of have to notice him. He's the only one of you who is a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> they, He's taking up the a, whole car. <laughs> I think they did a shot out the back window, but I don't think he was actually watching him in the mirror. They mm. think they drove off in the tizzy, thinking he was in there, which I thought comedically was pretty funny. Yeah, you know, you got to imagine like he, this probably would happen to a super spy when crazy things went down. You know, people are like let's go. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> he didn't call shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> So it was about that time that J.W. Pepper showed up. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Dylan's thoughts on J.W. Pepper. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll be quick for this one, and I'm going to get back to him. That whole scene was kind of useless, but whatever. Moving on. James Bond had like a cool toast you know, to this moment and the moment yet to come. I was like, ooh, that's cool. Leia. I like that. But then it looked like he struck out, and then he didn't, and then Good Night had to sit there while he was macking on Aunt, like, <laughs> wow and she fell asleep she felt like just oh man that was a that was definitely a trip and then all in the line of duty that's what bond said all in the line of duty like oh my, oh <laughs> my favorite thing he said to her was don't worry good night you'll get your turn <laughs> yeah, your, yeah, your turn will come up <laughs> You have to have some stone ones to pull off a line like that. You really do. Got to give Bond credit for that. I thought that Scaramanga's origin story that he gave, they could have completely thrown that out. Who cares? You know, like I was in a circus. Somebody killed Dumbo. (laughs) (laughs) I like how Bond was disinterested. Like Bond was still working. He was like, okay, there's the Solex. I'm going to put it with the peanut guy. It it just, dude, no one cares. You kill people now. That's the important thing here, you know. In an effort to be a little serious here, I kind of got the sense Scaramanga was just kind of lonely. And I think he was looking at this as an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody that was his equal. Number one, Bond, like you said, he didn't care about any of that. Number two, I mean, it did kind of inform us of the kind of character that Scaramanga was. And he was obviously a sociopath. And then, you know, there at the end, when he's again trying to be friends with Bond, you know, Bond's had enough and yeah, you're full of crap, basically. So, yeah, I mean, I I thought, I didn't didn't think it was wasted but I, I dig what you're saying shut up jason oh, yeah right. <laughs> i said i didn't even like this movie that much <laughs> here i am defending it it's worth mentioning that anders death that was a good one you know when bond came to look after her and she was there and she was already dead and they had propped her up like that's cold mm-hmm. that is cold-blooded so just another good twist of the villain scaramanga was now we're back to jw pepper Woo-hoo. <sighs> Somehow, him him calling Bond boy was racist. I don't know how. Like, I'm going to have to go and check the dark web. But it was <laughs> But then I laughed because I was like, never mind. Bond got him back when he was like, I sure am, boy. About yeah. <laughs> That was a very good comedic moment. That was funny. The car plane was awesome. Like, that was cool. Dang. Dude has his own freaking car plane. So I did a little bit of reading of, of the DVD insert that, you know, Pat used to act <laughs> like he watched the, <laughs> yeah. watch the film. It, it mentioned that they kind of pictured Scar- 
Scaramanga as kind of like a flip side of James Bond. That car playing kind of plays to that, you know, it's like he doesn't have his own Q branch, but he has something that, you know, has come up with these cool devices. I think it's that guy that uh, that was in the base that watched over the base, just that one guy. Maybe. Talk about a guy living a lonely life. Yeah. (laughs) To go kill people. Yeah. He was like staring down good night. All he does is monitor those dials and work out, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. I was impressed that Scaramanga's plan, it actually made sense. He killed the head guy, had this way to tap into solving the energy source, and he was going to sell off to the highest bidder. Like, that was a pretty clean plot. So it made sense. It also made sense that Bond would go after the girl. I can't remember which movie it was where he went after the girl, and I'm like, that made no sense. But this one made plenty of sense. Goodnight wasn't a fellow agent. He was going to rescue the fellow agent who had gotten in trouble. And then I'm like, yeah, cool. You absolutely should do that. So I do have a question. During the last fight scene uh, with Bond and Scaramanga, did he fake like he dropped his gun? I don't think that he faked it. I think he actually dropped his gun. And silly Scaramanga left a loaded gun (laughs) on his mannequin. I wasn't sure if I was like... And I had to climb all the way down there to get the gun and come back. Or if Scaramanga had actually left a loaded gun with the mannequin. I kind of assumed it was the latter. Okay. They have the scene where there's one henchman remaining, which was Knickknack. And Knickknack tried to do the ambush and it didn't work. And at the end, he had to walk the plank! The plank! The- <laughs> and I'm done. I can't believe that he let him get put into a little suitcase like that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. He called him like you would catch like a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, you can get out of that one. There was space there. That, that was. We all felt bad for Knickknack. Delvin mentioned Bond going to save Goodnight. I think the reason why he was because she had the keys to the car. <laughs> <laughs> they had to give that Keith that. It was probably a rental or, or something. Now I'm going to have to have pay a penalty. by Tuesday. <laughs> Yeah. They're going to charge me extra if they have to come out with another <laughs> set of keys. <laughs> oh, you, you got those keys? As it's blowing up, where'd you put those keys? I hope they weren't on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> And I know I mentioned this on another podcast once before, but I think it bears bringing up one more time. On his junk, he had like a massive amount of coconuts. I noticed that, yeah. What is the deal with the coconuts? Is he like, you know, yeah, I kill people, but you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. (laughs) Put your coconuts on one junk as it were. Expanded into the coconut business. It's like this guy shows up and he's like, are you a Francisco Scaramanga? Yes, do you need someone killed? Uh, No, I need a good deal on six coconuts. (laughs) Oh, I got you. You covered it. He had a lot oh, of you're talking about his boat. Pat. <laughs> 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 Oh, Pat. Well done, agents. Real quick, let's have our veteran co-host weigh in on this one. Jason, give us your general thoughts and maybe a few of your Bond bombs. I'm going to use my disclaimer on this one. As I've indicated before, this is not one of my favorite James Bond movies in the franchise. As I've stated before, having said that, still one of the best movies ever because it's James Bond. So (laughs) we're grading it on a really high. It's like PhD level work is what I'm saying. Small little things that separate the good from 
the great, shall we say. Number one, I think that Christopher Lee was a brilliant choice for Scaramanga. I just wish they'd have done a little more with the character. He brings, obviously, a lot of gravitas, a sinister air about him. But, for example, the opening scene. I never really got the sense Scaramanga was really evenly matched with this goon. I would have liked to have seen him going up against, you know, another agent or somebody that was actually a challenge. I think that would have set the mood of the movie a little bit better. Speaking of which, I would have taken a much darker tone if I was directing this movie. The film never really seemed to decide if it wanted to go in this dark way. It kind of did with the Scaramanga theme. I guess a good example is the karate school, right? So Bond wakes up in the karate school. There's kind of like a lot of tension in there because he's like, he doesn't know what's going on. Then you watch these two martial artists duel to the death and you're like, holy S, man, he's going to be in trouble here. And then it kind of turns into a cartoon cops movie where these girls come in and just kick the crap out of all the martial arts masters, so to speak. So it, it just keeps kind of flipping on itself. I just thought it could use a little more weight, I guess. I thought the car jump is still one of the best stunt scenes filmed in movie history. It's an amazing scene. I'm going to go out and say it. The slide whistle was a no-no. No. Just, just oh no. Oh it's John Barry, right? I mean, a master. And most of the score in this movie is really good. And yeah, so with that slide whistle, it's like he made, you know, an amazing eight-course meal, laid it out on the table, and took a giant S right on that table with the slide whistle. I mean, to me, it ruined it that bad. That scene should have been no music till yep. the end. And then when it hits... You know, that's where you put in the Bond music. It still fires me up. Britt Eklund, one of the more annoying Bond girls, in my opinion. Good to look at. Not much there. Maude Adams is cool, though. I really like Maude Adams. So to wrap it up, and I'm going to throw this out to Jared, because I think I might be able to recruit Jared into this line of thinking. If I could blend my Bond histories, like take directors from this movie and pair it up with the Bond actor from that movie to put it into Man with the Golden Gun, I would have loved to see what kind of film we would have got from Terrence Young and Timothy Dalton, or maybe even Daniel Craig in this movie. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. that would have been, to me, the perfect ingredient. Enough said. Bond bombs? Drop those bombs. Okay. There's some good juicy pieces on this one. I had to narrow it down to a couple. So the producers originally wanted the role of Scaramanga to be played by Jack Palance. Jack Palance turned down the role, so they turned to Christopher Lee, who is, wait for it, Ian Fleming's cousin. So that was kind of interesting. I always tell people, man, Christopher Lee, Bond franchise, Star Wars franchise, Lord of the Rings franchise, Dracula. That's a heck of a okay. resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Like his cousin Ian Fleming, he was in intelligence during World War II. Guy lived a life, man. So number two, I thought this one was funny. So Harry Saltzman, the producer with Cubby Broccoli, he really wanted an elephant stampede in the movie, like really wanted one. And so he was wandering around and he noticed that trained elephants in Thailand wore canvas shoes and they had to wear them to actually protect their feet. So he took it upon himself to purchase 200 sets of elephant shoes. And then he departed the film, I think like midway through filming. And so Cubby Broccoli was really surprised when all these crates of elephant shoes kept arriving on set. And nobody, the writer, the director, nobody could figure out why these elephant shoes kept arriving. And it was finally somebody remembered like, oh crap, Harry really wanted an elephant stampede in the movie. And to this day, as I understand it, Ian Productions still has those 200 sets of elephant shoes. <laughs> they couldn't get rid of it, so they've still got them. And then finally, the famous 
car jump barrel roll was the first stunt to use a computer model to determine the ramp angles, vehicle speed, weight distribution, etc. And that stunt was done in one take. And the stunt driver said, one take's all you're going to get. Because <laughs> I ain't doing that again. <laughs> it was impressive. impressive. Yeah. yeah. I love that stunt. They tell stories of Roger Moore literally had tears in his eyes and hugged the stuntman and said, man, you just made this movie for us. And then came the slide with <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> John Barry said, let me see if I can screw this up. I've heard (laughs) interviews with him. He really regrets it. Kind of going back to some of the things they said earlier, that they're trying to find their way. I mean, this is still early with the Roger Moore era. So I don't know if they knew what they wanted. And I think that kind of included John Barry as well. So, you know, is this supposed to be a silly or is this supposed to be serious? Spoiler alert to the fellas. This is not going to be the last time you get a wacky sound effect in a Roger Moore movie. I have a comment that I'm going to make about that when it comes to giving out martinis, but I'll hold it off. Well, we're about to do that. With these 007 trivia nuggets tucked safely away from Agent Jason, it is time to have our rookie agents score the film. Jason? Oh, goodness. Here it comes. You have one to seven martinis, and if you have more than three or four, you should probably get a designated driver, (laughs) but you can have up to seven martinis. So with that in mind, Pat, how many martinis are you going to give it? I am going to give this five martinis. I really enjoyed this. Like I said before, it kept me interested enough to watch it all the way through the the two hour and five minute movie that it was. I watched it all the way through. Was there some odd stuff here and there? Yeah, but I think overall the story, the villain and the action in it as well, too, was timed out good through the whole thing as well, too. So I'm giving it a five. Five martinis from Pat. He seems to have made up his mind. Delvin, what do you think? I agree with Pat. I'm going to give it five martinis as well. I still like Roger Moore. I wrote this right before we started, so I'll read it verbatim. Trying to decide if the slapstick with Moore is something I like or not, such as the car flip scene with the sliding noise thingy or swallowing the bullet. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, too. (laughs) Take me to the nearest pharmacy. (laughs) Right. Okay, so part of that is... We'll see. I'm interested in watching more movies to see whether or not it's going to grate on me or whether I can ignore it. For this movie, it was good. And in addition to Roger Moore, Scaramanga, I enjoyed him. I thought he was a diabolical villain. I like Nick Knack as well. I, I definitely like the sneaky Bond elements in the movie. I like the straightforward plot. And I like that Scaramanga didn't make some head-scratching blunder like what happened last movie. So overall, very solid movie. Well, there you have it. We have 00 fives from each of the lads. I like it. I'm glad you guys are enjoying this. Makes me happy. Thank you both, gentlemen. Now it is time to crown this episode's 00 Award winner. Pat and Delvin will do this by answering a series of trivia questions that Jason has rigged in Pat's favor. On the man with the golden gun. (laughs) But that would be too easy. (laughs) Pat is our current champion, but before we do that, let's take a quick break and thank our Patreon sponsors. Attention, agents, attention. This is for all the folks listening to this episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. The secret password for this episode is coconuts. I say again, coconuts. To use this password, go to the at OHMS pod Twitter handle and DM us the secret password coconuts. Don't comment, use DM or else everyone will know. Once you've done that, you will get four extra entries in our 600 followers raffle. For more information on that, check our feed. It has everything you need to know about the good stuff you can win in the 600 followers 
followers raffle. That is all. Good luck, agents. Coconuts, out. White Rocket Entertainment. Here's our list of Patreon sponsors. We have Joseph Fine, Christopher Burleson, Samuel Salvatore, Stephen Thompson, Phil Amthor of WeHaveDonuts.com, Steve Trawick does not have donuts.com, Richard Stevens, Justin Bean, Chris Usher, yeah, yeah, Neil Dyer, David Evers, Tom Anderson, Timothy, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Steve Harlan, Andrew Barber, Gerard Albrich, Rich Reimer, Bill Matthews, Will Summerfer, John McCune, Catherine England, Ann Conjian, David Simpson, Josh Teal, Mike Finley, Randall Walker, C.T. Wayne, Earl Ricks, War Eagle Earl, Dave Powell, Michael Kirshner, Mick Vigicana, Matt Robbenheimer, Chris Thrash, Logan Chilton, George Casson, Tony Perry, Alex Quinn, Clay Henson, J.W. Rice, War Dam Wade, Jason Aberich, David Medinus, Mark Squire, Joey Miller, Matthew Wagstaff, Russell Milling, Rob Morgan, Stephen Schuster, James Taylor, Gone to Carolina in my mind. <laughs> nice. John Stubbs, Kenneth Brent Rains, Brent Rumble, You Ain't Got to Lie, Nicholas Craig. You Ain't Got to Lie. Ruth and Darren, yay! Ruth and Darren Sutherland, they think they do a Star Trek show. Patrick Williams, plus our one-time and anonymous donors. Now, please let me know if I've missed anyone. I think my list might be a little out of date. I'll see about getting a new one from Van. But if you're listening to this show and you're donating and we missed you, please hit us up on the Twitter at OHMSPod or send us an email, OHMSPod at Outlook.com. If you'd like to help settle our lawsuit with Mr. Bleaker's Flying School... <laughs> I don't read these scripts until I try to make sure I read them. Was so that your first, first look yes. at it? <laughs> uh, I might keep that take, but just in case. If you'd like to help settle our lawsuit with Mr. Bleaker's Flying School, you too can sponsor the show over at Patreon.com. Just search keyword Plexico, P-L-E-X-I-C-O, and you can give as little as a dollar a month to help keep Agent Jason armed with shark bullets. <laughs> and like those other folks whose name you just heard, you'll get a shout out on every episode of all White Rocket Entertainment shows, including this one. As a Patreon, you'll also get bonus material, behind-the-scenes information on all White Rocket endeavors, including our novels, comic books, and more. And let's find out who this mission's trivia double O award winner is going to be so he can lord it over the other loser until next episode. Agent Jared and I have each prepared three questions for a total of six. We'll take turns asking each of our contestants a question. You get it right. That's one point. You get it wrong. Your opponent has an opportunity for a steal. Most points get you a coveted double O award, a magnetic watch, and a make on a white pit mobile. Mm-hmm. While surprise last not available in all areas. Let's start the segment we like to call Agents Under Fire. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. Pat, you want to go first or second? I'll go second. Delvin, who do you want to read your questions? (laughs) (laughs) I know who's better about giving hints and stuff. To one person. Uh, Um... (laughs) Let's go, Jared. Okay, Delvin, kicking it off with your easy question. How much does Scaramanga charge for a kill? It's $1 million a kill. Is your pinky finger up to your lips? Hold on. $1 million. And that is ultimately correct. Well done. Pat, what's the name of the club in Hong Kong that Bond stakes out in hopes of glimpsing Scaramanga? The bottom's up. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, yes. We are tied up. I got one. I got one. Woo. Delvin. 
At what kind of sporting event was Miss Anderson killed? Muay Thai boxing match. You got it. Ding, 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 ding. All right, Pat. Time to return fire here. What's the name of the girl in the pool at High Fat's house? Uh, her name was Mihai. Uh, oh. Delvin. Oh, I remember. She was pretty, too. <laughs> <laughs> she was naked. <laughs> He was about to jump in. He didn't care if that third nipple went floating off the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would have blamed him. I do not remember her name. Uh, it was Chew Me. Chew Me. me. It's a Maybe double entendre. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> All right. With this one, Delvin takes the lead here. So right. Delvin's got a two-to-one. So as long as wheels don't come off in the hard round, Delvin's front-running this right now. Delvin, who's the only double O? That Scaramanga has killed and will take either his name or his double O number. I'm pumping both fists here. Um, I am. Oh. oh. It's Bill Fairbanks, double O two. Oh, yeah, both. Man, oh, oh right. man. So you've essentially won, but Pat can try to salvage his reputation. All right. So here, just to save some face, what city was Bond's first stop on the hunt for Scaramanga? Uh, Morocco. Close. Uh, you know, that's what I was guessing, too. It, it oh, was oh, really I embarrassing. Might know. Is it Beirut? Is Beirut. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. I think uh, Delvin has clearly... Uh, yeah, he definitely... Three. I let him win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you next time, Agent Webb. You haven't seen yeah. the last of me. I think you won like two in a row, hadn't you? So it was about time. He had not. He won last time. I won before that. Oh, okay. Congratulations to Delvin. Be sure to do the right and proper thing and lord this victory over Pat until you meet again in the field next episode. You want it. You keep it, old buddy. I let him win. I'm petty enough not to care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Now for our final official segment of the show, before we get to our mailbag, we're going to do Return Fire. During Return Fire, our rookie agents, Pat and Delvin, get to toss Jason and I a trivia question they brought with them in an attempt to stump the double-O expert. So let's get going with Return Fire. This never happened to the other fellow. Delvin, since you won the Agents Under Fire round, why don't you toss us your question? Okay. Near the beginning of the movie, when the fake Al Capone-style gangster was going through the same maze that Bond wound up going through, there was a Super Shot machine. Super Shot. Yes. Right. Who was the manufacturer of that machine? <laughs> you <can> f*** off. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Uh, it, it said it big and clear, and it was there man, on the screen for I'm, several I'm gonna, seconds. I'm going to go with famous arcade pinball machine maker, Bally's. That's all I got. Jason? I didn't even know Bally's. Jeez, <laughs> so, so, I don't know. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm very good at this. I think the show's more entertaining when we get them right. <laughs> I think it's more entertaining to you. The maker of the machine was J.D. Norton and Sons. It's <laughs> all the way off. Yeah, you. <laughs> Go back and watch it. It was on the screen for seconds. It didn't just pop up and go away. That's what she said. 
Can you toss us a softball, please? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm begging for softball. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) You got to check your junk for that. (laughs) I got coconuts in my junk. Coconuts in your junk. Let's see. Why Bond is staking out the bottom up, right? Right. He is across the street. What is the name of the Oriental Cards and Jewelry Shop? Oh, where he's like standing there. He's close by it. Scaramanga's behind the sign, isn't he? Oh, it's, well, if it's one I'm thinking of, I, I didn't write it down, but it has like a really almost generic Asian name, like Golden Dragon. I'll say Golden Palace. And Jared, yours is what? I went a Golden Dragon. Okay. So you are correct. It's the Golden Dragon Company. Oh! I just oh, I, I just tried Bam, to think of something no. to throw after golden just so we yeah. can do it. <laughs> we did it. We nice, did it, Jason. Nice. Got out of here alive. Took a round from Delvin though. Ah, oh, hit uh, me right in my calf. There's a <laughs> dog right next to me. It's a combination. And then a dog peed nearby. What the heck? That's all right. Set this bitch on fire with some rum and a cigarette. <laughs> Nicely done, guys. Agent Jared, what do we have in the eyes-only mailbag this week? What, no small talk? No chit-chat? Thank you, Jason. As a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, or trivia challenges to ohmspod at outlook.com or over on our Twitter page at ohmspod. If you'd like, you can even use our email. And as a reminder, that's ohmspod at outlook.com to send us an audio recording of your question or comment. We might even play it on the show. Please try to keep your audio file to around 30 seconds or less, which no one's ever done. And we would (laughs) love to hear from you and make you a part of the show. Also, if you're an iTunes listener, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review for the show. This will help raise the show's profile and attract more of the 007 family to this program. As a reward for leaving a review, we will read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. And guess what, boys? What? We have an iTunes review to read today. Over eight episodes, and we finally got one, boys. We finally got one. (laughs) We got one! It's all coming together. Okay, boys, we have two iTunes reviews that we will read in their entirety from a couple of our fans. We greatly appreciate this, guys, and we encourage other folks out there to please do this as well. Just go to iTunes, give us a review. If you love it, give us a five-star review. If you hate the show, just email us at ohmspod at outlook.com. Our first review says, On Target 007 Podcast, and it's from DS and RS. I have no idea who that could be. On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast features a terrific variety of podcasts all about the James Bond universe. Some episodes feature book and film reviews, while other episodes feature interviews with writers and comic artists. The MI6 Rookie Agents episodes feature two longtime 007 fans. I think that's me and Jason. I think so. Watching the movies in sequence with two new viewers. I think that's Delvin and Pat. Probably. Who haven't seen the movies. Every episode is great, and we like the variety of hosts, including Van, Jared, Jason, Pat, and Alan. Highly recommended. Okay, I intentionally left off Delvin. They mentioned... I was going to say, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was running through my mental solodex. Here Everybody loves somebody. Delvin. Uh, <laughs> thank you, DS and RS. And we're going to move into our next review, our iTunes review from Easy Rooster. That sounds like a pretty cool name. Easy Rooster gives us a five-star review entitled, I Like Bonding. Ooh. Easy Rooster says, I listened to the MI6 Rookie Agents podcast to remember what it was like to see these movies for the first time. I've seen them all 
so many times, and this is a great way to get a new perspective on some of my old favorite movies. Highly recommended. That's what we're trying to do, Easy Rooster. Ooh. I'm glad it's hitting him in his tummy feathers. Ah. <laughs> well, you're mixing your metaphors. But it's a good mix. It's a good mix. It, it is a good Man, mix. we really appreciate those reviews. Thanks so much for leaving them. If you want to leave a review, like we said, just put it on iTunes, and we will read it in its entirety on an upcoming episode. Hey, thanks for the iTunes reviews. Thanks for those iTunes reviews, folks. Keep them coming. Pat, do it with a German accent. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I love those iTunes reviews. Thank you. <laughs> I just want to say big thank you for the iTunes reviews. Really appreciate it. And for everybody that likes and shares the Twitter retweets. Thank you very much. So here we have fellow podcasters and friends of the show, Ruth and Darren from their Rad Adventures Podcast Network. Normally, Rad stands for Ruth and Darren, but here on our 007 show, it stands for Q's Research and Development Team. So let's get this episode's Rad Thoughts on Bond. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Of the Rad Adventures Network. We're with Research and Development Q-Branch, and we're here to share our thoughts about the man with the golden gun. Roger Moore is back as James Bond in his second film in the series. This film was released just 18 months after Live and Let Die, and some criticized the producers, saying that the quick turnaround time made the movie feel rushed and not fully developed. Personally, I like many things about the film, including the exotic locations in Thailand and Hong Kong, and who doesn't love Christopher Lee as a villain? We're fans of his from the many excellent Hammer horror films featuring him as Dracula, all of the way through his appearance as Saruman the Wizard in both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings film trilogies. And I know our friends at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast will appreciate knowing that Christopher Lee appeared as Sherlock Holmes in two TV miniseries, along with Patrick McNee of The Avengers as Dr. Watson. On a side note, The Lord of the Rings was Christopher Lee's favorite book, and he reread it every year from when it was first released in 1954 until he passed away in 2015. And in a related bit of trivia, Christopher Lee was a real-life secret agent who worked for the British government during World War II. But now let's turn our attention back to the man with the golden gun. Besides Christopher Lee, we have several other key guest stars in the film. Soon after this movie, Hervé Villachez would begin a long run in the TV series Fantasy Island, playing Tattoo. Brett Eklund appears as Mary Goodnight. She was also known for the films Kit Carter and The Wicker Man, which coincidentally also features Christopher Lee. And we were lucky to meet her at NostalgiaCon in Maryland just a couple of years ago. Plus, I think it's neat that she was married to Peter Sellers, who we're big fans of. And the movie features Maude Adams, who would later return in Octopussy, which made her the only woman to appear as two different Bond girls in two different Bond films. But then she would return in yet another uncredited cameo in A View to a Kill. Roger Moore was quoted as saying that she was his favorite Bond girl. And now it's time for 007 Hits and Misses, when we share our thoughts on two low points and seven high points in the film. The biggest low point has to be during the fight scene in the belly dancer's dressing room. The choreography obviously doesn't go as planned, and a mirror gets bumped, which puts the film crew in clear view of the camera. It's amazing to me that they left that in the film, instead of doing a quick cut with a close-up to hide it. And it's even more surprising that in this modern age, that they haven't removed the film crew using computer technology. Maybe it's just because it's a fun piece of trivia. And the other low has to be the return of Sheriff J.W. Pepper. As in the previous film, he does make you laugh a few times, but the cringe factor is even worse in this film. Plus, the coincidence of him being there is easily the most unbelievable part of this movie. But there are many high points that make this a fun film, so let's get straight to them. 
Number seven, the entire opening segment where we see Christopher Lee stay calm and cool under pressure while the assassin hired by Knickknack sweats profusely during the cat and mouse game. Number six, I love the way Bond hesitates as though he doesn't know who Scaramanga is, but then he quickly rattles off every possible detail about him. That's a really fun scene. Number five, I like it when Bond tells Moneypenny that she's better than a computer and she replies in more ways than you can imagine but you never take advantage of any of them. Number four, using the partially sunken Queen Elizabeth luxury liner as the base of operations for MI6. I love seeing how they use the angles to create a really interesting looking set. Number three, the excellent theme song sung by British pop star Lulu, which gives us a chance to mention an indirect connection, since Lulu appears often in the hilarious series Absolutely Fabulous, which features Joanna Lumley, who also appears in the James Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Number two, the stunts. You can't watch this film without being amazed by the terrific stunt of the car jumping and twisting in the air as it crosses the river, followed by the conversion and takeoff of a sky plane. Such awesome fun. Number one, the beautiful island, which is now known as James Bond Island in Thailand, which serves as Scaramanga's home. The island can be visited, but there are several restrictions to help protect the environment because of the large number of tourists who visit each year. It's beautiful, and I hope to go there someday. Thanks, as always, to our friends Jared, Jason, Delman, and Pat for letting us share our thoughts. Remember, we're RAD, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren, and Research and Development. I'm always amazed at how they're able to connect so many yeah. different things. That might be the most interesting couple in the world. And I'm not even saying that flippantly. They freaking know everything. It's crazy. I think the Dos Equis guys got some challenge there. Yeah, he does. <laughs> they mentioned about Christopher Lee being in a, a Sherlock role. Yeah. We'll have to look for that. That's right. Doing a lot of Sherlock Holmes stuff over on our other podcast, Saturday Matinee Theater. Mm-hmm. Always good stuff from Ruth and Darren. Thanks for putting that together, guys. I wonder if we have any other audio files. Zuderman. 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 I'm pretty sure that Don Zuderman from our station in the Netherlands sent us an audio file. You guys ready for it? I'm ready. See what he's got. Go, Agent Z. Let's see what he's got. Hi, this is Don Zuiderman calling in from the Netherlands with my contribution for the Rookie Agent episode on Man with the Golden Gun. It's uh, it's a typical Bond film, and um, I think um, a lot of work went into it, but also it was rushed. Uh, it came out about a year and a half after Live and Let Die, and there are many things in this film that, for my feeling, just don't really work, like Roger or Roger's Bond trying to toughen up uh, by beating Miss Anders doesn't really work. Um, Bond throwing a little boy into the river doesn't really work. Uh, Mary Goodnight trying to spy or basically do anything clever doesn't really work. Um, also, the return of J.W. Pepper for me did not really work. What does work, however, in my opinion, is the villain and the henchman, Knickknack, which is uh, uh, lots and lots of fun. Now, in the next film, Spy Who Loved Me, there will be the henchman of all henchmen, uh, but uh, 
I won't get into that yet. Um, from all the previous films, I made a small selection of seven henchmen. And uh, my question for you, gentlemen, is uh, what are your favorites and why? So the first one is Red Grant from, from Russia with Love. The second is Ajob from Goldfinger. Third, we have Fiona Volpe from Thunderball. The fourth is Irma Bunt from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Number five are Mr. Wind and Mr. Kid from Diamonds. Number six is Baron Samedi from Live and Let Die. And number seven is Knickknack from The Man with the Golden Gun. So, who are your favorites and why? I'm looking forward to your answers. Cheers. Bye-bye. That's our regular reminder that they don't have things in the Netherlands. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, how long could it have taken him to make that? It would have taken me three days, I'm telling you. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you put more effort into that comment than we have into the show. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes to show off, Don <laughs> <laughs> Now, we love the clips that Agency puts a lot of time yeah. into it, obviously. Yeah. So let's do favorite henchmen. I will toss this around the room, and we'll start with Pat. Who's your favorite henchman? I'm going to go with Kid and Wint. Wint and Kid, yeah. I'm thinking Kid and Play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the henchman choice. from House Party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feels good. good. No one throws a house party like the Kid and Play party, because the Kid and Play party don't stop. <laughs> a Wint and Kid party don't stop <laughs> to get photos of the canals for the children. <laughs> Those guys were my favorite just because they were really kooky and I really thought they were like really good serial killers or something, man. They just freaked me out. All right, Delvin. You know, I was actually going to go with Winton Kid as well because that was the first one that popped in my head without thinking about it. But Don reminded me of Red from, from Rush with Love. Yeah. And that was probably like- one of the first great Bond fights that happened. And that was just a brutal fight on the train. And Red was a mm-hmm. very capable agent. It's kind of like Sierra Manga, where he just kind of hid in the background, took out the people he needed to and didn't reveal himself until he had to. So I'll go with Red. One thing that's in common between Red and Scaramanga they both like the sunbathe. Yep. Ah, yeah. You catch. And I think they both were wearing white shorts too, weren't they? Yes. Yes. White swim shorts or something like that. See? Mm. Ah. I see you're getting carried away with the questions. We have a guy for that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Jason, who's your favorite henchman? I've got it between Odd Job, Grant, and Went and Kid. I gotta say Grant for many of the same reasons that Delvin mentioned. It was kind of a shark in the water, just kind of out there floating menacingly for a while. It climaxes in that big, brutal train battle scene, which is still really amazing and I feel holds up really well. So, yeah, I'll say Grant. I'm glad you mentioned Odd Job, though, because it's definitely worth mentioning that Odd Job kicked Bond's butt. Like, I mean, he just decisively kicked his butt several times. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Odd Job, too. Yeah, that was a tough one, giving up on Odd Job. But I have a feeling maybe my brother might come in with an Odd Job rescue here. So, let's see what Jared thinks. I 
I have to be honest with you, I wanted to. I was like, well, Odd Job's the most famous one, but guys, I think we're gonna three in a row for Grant. I think Red Grant is the most dangerous. Here's a term I just thought of. He's like a shark in the water. Really? <laughs> I wish I had thought of that idea. I mean, he passed the job interview of brass knuckles to the stomach. Uh-huh. I'm giving a wink and a nod to Odd Job, but I think Red Grant is my personal favorite. I think it's kind of surprising all of us. Now. <laughs> yeah, I think we all surprised ourselves. Yeah, because when he started that question, I was like, it's going to be Odd Job, because that's the one they make all the figures of and everything. But yeah, I think Devin really got my head churned in on that. It was a nice mix of both menace, increasing tension, and then big battle. I surprised myself with that choice. We have two comments from Twitter. We have one from EFG, who is at Easy Rooster. So I'm suspecting this is the same guy who left us the iTunes review. Oh, thank you, Easy. Easy Rooster threw us a trivia question. Where is the golden gun in the facility? And I bantered back and forth with old Easy a little bit, and I discovered that this is actually, he's asking from the GoldenEye video game. Oh. Where is the golden gun located? I told him, I'm going to be honest with you, I never played oh, a lot of the multiplayer, which is what it's famous for, oddly enough. I beat the campaign, and I fiddled with multiplayer, but I have not played enough to know where to find the golden gun. Yeah, I don't remember. That's too far back in my memory banks. Anybody else? No, nope. I don't know. Nope. Hey, Easy Rooster, you got all four of us. If anybody out there knows where to find that golden gun in the facility in the GoldenEye video game, let us know at OHMSPod on Twitter, or email us at OHMSPod at Outlook.com, because we don't know. I'm going to say in the laboratory. I thought I was being pretty clever when I said I can tell you where it isn't. It's not in that tricky mirror, because <laughs> Scaramanga tried to... Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got jokes. <laughs> Speaking of jokes, we heard from Paul Hicks at reading underscore Hicks on Twitter. Good day. Good day, Paul. He's probably a big Lazenby fan, if I had to guess. I wonder why that would be. Because Lazenby's from Australia. Just like uh-huh. And Paul put a jokey joke comment. He says, I know there's Scaramanga, but I really want to know if there's Scara anime. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Scara manga and uh. anime. Well done, oh. Paul Higgs. Ah, uh, you jokester, Paul. You. <laughs> we do love our audio comments. We love our Twitter comments. We love our emails. So keep them coming, folks, and those iTunes reviews. So I think that's going to bring us to a close of this episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you've enjoyed this crew and you want to hear more from us, but in the realm of comic books, check out our Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can that be found? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can listen to the Longbox Crusade on Twitter at Longbox Crusade, or you can also find us on Facebook at Longbox Crusade, or you can check us out on the web at www.longboxcrusade.com. That's spicy at the end. Well, thanks to the fellows for taking on yet another dangerous mission. Thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or a comment on this or any of our other episodes, once again, contact the show on Twitter at OHMSPod or email us at OHMSPod at Outlook.com or contact any of us directly on Facebook or Twitter. My contact info is at Yard Sale Artist on Twitter, at Yard Sale Artist Instagram, at Yard Sale Artist Facebook. Jason. I'm at Weasel Skull on Twitter, at Jason Albrick on Facebook, and at Jason Albrick on Instagram. Pat? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin, where can they find you? On Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Paul. Wait, there is no Paul. Dang it. I, I got confused. <laughs> My friend Paul owns Twitter. (laughs) 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 
Well, we hope to hear from you soon. The next episode of MI6 Rookie Agents will feature Like Heaven Above Me. The, the spy, spy loves love me. me. It's keeping all my secrets safe tonight. Yeah, I think I know uh, that song. Carly Simon. Yeah. And remember, guys, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return. Penny, that's all, that's all. We should probably go. I mean, like, so I can get to bed, I don't know, sometime. Uh, give me uh, give me two minutes to shake the dew off the lily and I'll be ready to go. Yeah, I'm okay. Dew off the lily. Well, it should be easier to do since he doesn't have any pants on. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely going to be an outtake. I just, <laughs> I just, I know him when I hear them now. Speaking of uh, brevity, let's practice it. Who's ready to do a show? All right, here we go. We're essentially an hour behind. (laughs) Yeah, we're on schedule. Yeah, we're right. Yeah, the hour behind, that's an hour ahead of what we usually are. So let's go. We're good. Yeah, this might be a little short for me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I get that. What I just did there. That was a good one. You have good ones. You've told me this many times. (laughs) I got to remind myself, too. Positivity. All right, guys, <clears throat> let's get cracking. Anybody need anything? Water, pee? Or are we good? I don't, I just, I'm good. Pee. I, I, I don't drink pee. I usually watch it like a day or two before, and I didn't get a chance to this time. So, oh man, we'll so I might need some help from the rookies tonight. We'll see what happens. I have faith in you. You mean like you help Pat on the questions? <laughs> oh, stop oh. early. Exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> just admitted it. <laughs> I wonder if our rookie agents knew that one. I should have, but, you know, I'm not a rookie agent with a good attention to detail. (laughs) (laughs) Or when you ask us questions, you bring some detail questions. I know, you know, how many eyelets did James Bond's boot have in the final scene? (laughs) And then Alan Porter shows up, it was seven. (laughs) His left foot or his right shoe? That was the worst Alan Porter impression ever. Both made it to the easy round. I'm actually kind of scared here because I didn't take notes. So yeah, you said that before. I don't want to hear your words. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping Jason will help me. Wow. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge, <laughs> nudge, wink, wink. Oh.
See, oh, that was the hint. That was the trigger right there. That was the trigger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird evil laugh. That's my okay, scare. That's my scaramanga laugh. <laughs> Pat had scrolled back in the script. Jason wrote the order of the cities in the script. Well, what's really embarrassing is when we were test driving these, I got it wrong, too. And that was after I'd written it in the script. (laughs) (laughs) You wrote it in the script. And I didn't remember. This one's specifically for Delvin. What mode of transportation does Bond take from Macau to Hong Kong? Son of a (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. <laughs> it's like a hydrofoil. It's a hydrofoil. <laughs> you don't know your boats. <laughs> I know. I know. When, when there's water watercraft going, Delvin's done. <laughs> oh my god. No idea. Seriously, had you asked me that question, I would like, no. Oh man, I could have won this. Don't worry, Jason. I got your back. We'll do our best. Delvin, since you won the uh won the whatever the hell it was, why don't you give us your <laughs> It's getting late here, folks. All right. Do you guys got any spares for the interest of fun? I, I do. And it'll be for the interest of fun. I don't have much fun with Delvin's. Well, if we get it right, we'll, we'll edit out his first one. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Let's not tell him, though. <laughs> Your secret's safe with me. Thank you for it. And for thank the- you. Eat Thank you for the. Use. Stop talking over me. <laughs> he can't do oh, it. It took him about wrong. a year and a half, but he finally snapped and said, "Stop talking over." Me. <laughs> what comic book did he have? Nexus, Nexus number six. six. What number six? Nexus Anybody? number Mambo Nexus. number five. <laughs> <laughs> Nexus N E X U S. I sent a link to that as well. Like I mentioned in the in the email, it, all they had on the dark web. Shut up, Pat. Is there anything from the audio cleanup thing that you guys could teach me how to do that I could help out with, or? Teach Jason how to clip out all of his comments. No, I won't. He'll probably go. Oh yeah, that sounds good. I like that. Yeah, man, that was profound. <laughs> How do I do it? I know. Amazing. <laughs> and he swore that he didn't have a gun. He swore he didn't have a gun. And he did. As I want you to be. As a friend. As a friend. And that's a wrap for this episode of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you around the alternate dimensions in the future.
The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. <laughs>